What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. We are going to be talking about both the NXT TakeOver Philadelphia pay-per-view and the 2018 Royal Rumble. First things first, we're going to take about the TakeOver kind of stuff. And we're going to take about that instead of talk about that, really. I'm going to botch off at the very beginning. Huh. We got a lot of things to talk about, so a lot of botches coming your way. And who are going to be the people talking about this? Well, the panel consists of myself, as always, your host, Tony Mango. We've got Callum Wiggins as well. Botch. That's going to be your first botch then, technically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted <laughs> to get out of the way. Uh, okay. And joining us for the first time, you would recognize him from commandeering the triple threat and writing some other things over the past couple of years. We got Robert DeFelice. Howdy. So, we're going to dig into... And take about takeover, as you would call it. Uh, NXT takeover Philadelphia. Uh, first thing I need to talk about here is just the fact that this is taking place in Philadelphia. Now, if you are unaware, you haven't been checking out the podcast for the past, God knows how many fucking years I've been doing this. I think 2013 or 2012 or something like that was one of the first one. Maybe 2011. God damn. I think we, I think we can all agree it's too long way way too long and yeah. that way when youtube uh screws everything over they'll force it to end <laughs> uh but if you are unaware i am in the philadelphia area so i have been fully aware of just the atmosphere that is going on right now with the eagles uh they are the NX, uh, nfc champions right now and they are heading to the super bowl and everybody is ape shit over it uh, they actually, before the game, they knew ahead of time that there was going to be rioting and they decided that they were going to put Crisco on poles and on like mail, uh, containers and everything like that. Anything that they thought people would end up trying to climb or ruin. They literally hired people to rub Crisco all over them to grease it up so people couldn't climb it. It didn't work. People still did because <laughs> this is fucking Philly. And uh, there are actually even more reports going around now where people are saying that the same uh, police reports and stuff are saying, look, we know that we've got these rabid fans and we've got two WWE events coming up. Well, technically four if you count Raw and SmackDown and that these are important WWE events. And the last time that they were here, they went pretty crazy. So they are going into this event. They have to know NXT is a passionate crowd mm -hmm. and the Royal Rumble is passionate as hell too. So I am looking forward to even just with NXT and we'll talk about this with the Royal Rumble a little bit more when we talk about the Royal Rumble stuff, but just to hear how crazy the crowd is going to be with this, because you know, everybody in that crowd for that NXT show knows what's up with NXT and we're going to get some insane crowd chance. We're going to get some just wildly crazy people in the stands and it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So before we run down anything and talk about how something is shitty, I just want to say it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's what this boils down to. And there's my first boils down to of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, at least the um, police work will be cut in half due to the fact that Amore's just been released, so I don't need to keep an eye on him for half the time. <laughs> well, now we got to make sure that Roman doesn't win the Rumble, because, uh, yeah. Well, before we get into the actual matches that we're going to be talking about here for NXT TakeOver, we need to talk about the pre-show, and normally the pre-show means absolutely nothing, because it's usually just Charlie Caruso and, like, Sam Roberts and uh, maybe... Nigel McGuinness, and they just sort of talk about, here's the card, it's a half an hour long, and it's really nothing. Uh, it's different from the normal WWE pay-per-view pre-shows, where they have at least one match, and it takes an hour, whatever. This time around, though, we've got the NXT Year-End Awards for 2017, which are voted on by the fans. They are based on tweets, so anything can really happen. And we've seen in, uh, in the past before, just because they're a fan favorite doesn't mean that they necessarily win. And we're not going to spend the whole time talking about these and stuff, but I, I do want to break them down because I'm sure a lot of people listening have not paid any attention to this whatsoever. Either they're just not paying attention to NXT or they don't give a shit about the awards or whatever. Uh, I have no stakes in the first one. NXT TakeOver of the year, it's between all of them. 
And uh, Chicago, right? Chicago's got to win. Nah, War Games for me. I thought that was my that was my favorite event of the entire team last year, so that's the one I'd choose. They've all had their hits and misses. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, to me, it's it's not going to be like, what? Fucking Orlando won? Like, it's like, yeah, they're, you know. Almost all NXT matches tend to be good. And the ones that aren't are, like, few and far between. So there might have been, like, a shitty match on, like, San Antonio. I don't really remember. Uh, War Games was fun, though. Like, that had some really good stuff with uh, Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black. And I remember Chicago being pretty good. And it's just sort of like, all right, you know. If I looked at the card and I compared them all one by one, maybe I would come up with like a point system or something, but I honestly have no horse in the race. Do you guys well, have any like thing you're, you're, I mean, you guys are leaning towards Chicago and war games? Yeah, I mean, Chicago is the only one for me that I really stood out. This was definitely the most run of the mill blah year since NXT's reboot for me, anyway. Uh, well, I completely disagree in that sense because this is the year that I've been focusing on NXT probably more than definitely like as my love for Raw and SmackDown has completely depreciated, NXT's become more and more important for me. So I've watched all of them, all of the events I thought were fantastic. Chicago is definitely a big shout, just mainly due to the um, Pete Dunn Tyler Bate match. That's right, but, I forgot uh, that that was on that one. Yeah, but I think it would probably be a toss up between those two and Brooklyn for me. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Brooklyn. Well, that one, I mean, everybody's going to have their preferences no matter what, but uh, that'll, I think, be the hardest one that people will actually be able to vote for. Uh, yeah. I think, if I had to guess, people will go with War Games because I think that's fresher in their minds, and the War Games match will be like, War Games was fucking awesome because it was War Games. But it's always easier to give the the freshest thing what it is i mean you ask anybody in wwe like name the top 20 stars of all time the fans that have only been following for the past couple of years are going to put more current superstars in there than the people that have been watching since 1980 something you know this This is always going to be the case uh nxt female of the year the options are asuka ember moon nikki cross ruby riot and the iconic duo and i got to assume there's no chance Ruby Riot wins. And I'm no. pretty sure there's no chance Nikki Cross wins. Um, Asuka. I'm going to go with Asuka, but the the iconic duo might get it again. I think it's between Asuka and Ember. You'd, you'd imagine it's between those two. I mean, they're probably the two most deserving. Out of the two, I'd be prone to giving it to Ember just because she's been there the entire time. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's more of like a deserving type thing, but Asuka is definitely the bigger name. I definitely well, wouldn't rule out the iconic duo just because they're so good at like promoting themselves through these awards yeah that's true when did asuka leave december so she kind of got the whole year you know it was, it was no, before tlc was, it was before uh oh no Survivor TLC Series. in december this year right they were in uh september this year for tlc yeah so you got most of the year and she she's definitely like at the time she left nxt she was arguably its biggest star like overall male or female but i still think that ember moon just for her longevity and the journey she's gone through this year probably should take it i'd hope so anyway if the awards were a work i'd absolutely agree with you but we don't know who's voting you know it could just be a bunch of iconic duo fans yeah that's that's the other thing too is you get one person that spreads something along and says hey can you pass this along on social media and vote for so and so i mean anything could change about that Mm. Same thing when it comes to the males. Uh, those are Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black, Andrade Cien Almas, and for some reason, Roderick Strong. <laughs> I don't understand how that's um, He was good this year. He had a lot of world championship matches. He was kind of like the nearly guy of NXT for the entire year. Because all the rest of them, well, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, and Andrade Almas were all NXT champions. Alistair Black was kind of like the big star that never got to the title. And Strong is like the other guy, the guy that the champion would face. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm going to go with Alistair, but I also have Alistair pegged for Breakout Star of the Year, but I don't know who else would win Nail Star of the Year. Yeah, it can't be McIntyre, I don't think. Uh, he's, he's, he's popular. He's popular, but he's not like... He's not 
on the same level as Bobby Roode, and he doesn't have the same impressive kind of not streak necessarily because he was the champion, but I guess atmosphere as uh, Alistair Black. So I think it's between Roode and Black, and between those two, I think I got to go with Black. Anybody notice that now that Drew is back in the fold, he's kind of lost that aura that he had when he was on the indies of like, you know, I'm striking out on my own. Now that he's back within the company, it just kind of feels like whatever-ish, you know? We just He's just coming back into like being a company guy again. I yeah. Mean, from some, someone who's like just working for himself, pretty much, it's... It's better that he's in a situation, well, not to say better, but he probably seems to fit into the company mold now, which you can say is a good or a bad thing, but I think it works for him. I think he can balance both reasonably well. It'll work out. We'll get that triple threat at uh, WrestleMania at some point where it's uh, McIntyre and Slater and uh, General Hall. <laughs> Man, so that, that came close last year. There were two of them were champions, at least. Poor Heath. Losing a poker. Um, yeah, I'm betting so, on black, though. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, Rude is close to red, so I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go with black because I don't think anybody else was as much of a fan favorite. Well, then shouldn't we uh, be betting on Ruby Riot if we're betting on red? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to lose your money, then that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people are going to lose money this weekend on uh, the Royal Rumble stuff, but uh, we have the combination of the two, the overall NXT Superstar of the Year, Competitor of the Year. It's just, it's everybody. So, it, I mean, at that point, if we're thinking that this is kind of iconic duo, Ember Moon and Asuka, Aleister Black, Bobby Roode, then it's between those five. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of... I'm going to go with Asuka for the overall, just because I think she overall... Almost carried the brand for me. Yep. Last year. Yeah, I'm yeah. going Oscar as well. Yeah, I'd go Oscar. Even if Ember Moon was to win the female one, I think Oscar should win overall. Yeah, that'll be the weird thing if Ember Moon ends up winning that and doesn't win the overall competitor of the year, which I don't think that she has any right to. No, I'm pretty sure that that's an Oscar win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tag teams is a little bit weird though. I don't know where they're going to lean with this one because we've got Authors of Pain, Sanity. The Revival, DIY, no longer a tag team, and the Undisputed Era. Now, I know Undisputed Era is popular as hell, but they're popular with just the indie crowd, it seems, for the most part. I don't think that they have been around long enough to win. Uh, The Revival are on the main roster now, but they really didn't get that much of uh, a turn on the main roster, so they might not have a following to be able to, like, give them that extra boost. And DIY is no longer a tag team. So I got to assume Sanity might win this one. But that's like, that's a shot in the dark. That could be anybody. Um, If this was Kayfabe, the Authors of Pain would win hands down, I think. Just due to the fact that they've been pretty dominant for their entire run in NXT. They've only lost a couple of times. And uh, they were pretty much in the championship picture from the start of the year all the way up to the end of it. Um, But I think... Judging by just the popularity vote on Twitter, I think DIY are going to win it just because it'll be really awkward as well. Mm. Because oh. they'll probably just bring Gargano in and Gargano will probably just look at it and like look at his trophy and just like turn it away almost really. Just like, that's not me anymore. And then they can build that into the story of Gargano striking out on his own and being a championship contender. I really like that. Now I kind of want to see DIY win it, but I got to go with, Authors of Pain, because they carried the division on their backs this year. You know, they had the ladder match with DIY. They had the triple threat at Orlando. And uh, Brooklyn, they almost stole the show with Sanity. So I think AOP is probably going to take it. Well, Occam's Razor says the simplest explanation is the one to go with. And Acom Razor say the same. Ah. Ah, you just taught you just taught me something. I didn't catch that connection. It took me until a couple months ago, and I I actually just mispronounced. It was on a Smack Talk episode, I think, actually, where I was just like Occam and oh fuck, oh fuck, <laughs> like just sort of like wait a minute. Um, 
that's probably the last of the lame puns that I've got. Um, at least oh, for, God. for this. Don't uh, promise that. Don't promise that. <laughs> Get people's hopes up again. The NXT breakout star of the year. The options are Alistair Black, Andrade Cien Almas with Zelina Vega, which I think is kind of interesting. The Undisputed Era as an entity altogether. Sonya Deville, who is no longer in NXT. Ruby Riot, who is no longer in NXT. <laughs> Velveteen Dream and Lars Sullivan. And there's certain levels, I think, when it comes to these. I think that there's absolutely no way that DeVille or Riot or Sullivan win. Uh, no. I know that Sullivan looks impressive now, but he can't be somebody who's really going to get that much of a, a boost. And I would think the same for Almas, but Zelina Vega being there might tip the scales a little bit. Mm, yeah. Really, though, I think it's between three. I think it's either the Undisputed Era... Alistair Black or the Velveteen Dream, and I'm not sure which I which way I would lean. Maybe Undisputed Era. Two horse so, race. Oh, I was gonna say two horse race for me. Black or Dream. I think Undisputed Era have been pretty unimpressive. Actually, I mean they've had some decent matches, but I think just as an entity, who said they were going to take over NXT, they've been pretty unimpressive since joining. And I think people are fresh in the mind of like Black and Dream's match. Velveteen Dream is getting a lot of steam behind him recently i wouldn't be surprised if he took that so i had said that i put black in the win for this one but for me personally undisputed era definitely made me more excited to watch nxt this year but then again people are really behind lars sullivan and velveteen dream so i think it's a four-way toss-up between those four but i'm gonna go with alistair black i'm hoping it's velveteen dream because to me, the He's idea great, of breakout star means you weren't necessarily given the push. And Undisputed Error, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly came in, he lost to Aleister Black. Uh, Bobby Fish came in, he lost to Aleister Black. Adam Cole comes in, and they bring him in Delete as a big deal like <laughs> he comes in as this dude that people are like oh he's gonna be the next champion and stuff and Andrade Amis, he gets his manager and Zelina Vega uh, she boosts him up to a point where they give him this push and Aleister Black they gave him a push right off the bat and they've only had him lose once and that's it Lars Sullivan gets that big push too they clearly try to protect him with all the tag team stuff but Velveteen Dream just kind of happened and that to me, that's a more breakout star quality caliber person than somebody who is given the tools to succeed right off the bat, you know? So I hope he wins. He might not. I don't know. And and the bottom line is none of these really matter. It's not like, no. you know, the fans sure. are going to vote for somebody and they're going to suddenly win 15 world titles or something like that. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but it could change some things here and there could make somebody's opinion get a little bit better if they win or you know they're going to have access to the full uh like voting for everybody whether they win or not and if they see that say they do this breakout star of the year and these are these options and nobody votes for say uh i don't know the Sonya deville then maybe they're going to be like, uh, maybe we shouldn't really push Sonya Deville that much on Raw instead of Mandy Rose. Like, you know, there's a chance. Uh, same thing for, actually, even worse when it comes to the future star of the year, because that could be a good dictator of how popular they are and how much they want to push them going forward. There's a lot of options for that one. There's the Street Profits, which I fucking love. I hope that they're the next tag team champions. Heavy Machinery, which are actually not that bad. At least uh, Dozovic, I like him. Yeah, he's got a lot stakes of and weights and stuff. Uh, Shayna Baszler, there's Kyrie Sane, Fabian Eichner, who I think a lot of people sleep on, and he's got a lot of talent. Cesar Bononi, who they still cannot figure out how the fuck to pronounce his name. This most recent episode with Cesar, I swear to God, I've heard Caesar and Cesar and Bononi and Bonani. So they need to figure that out. There's everybody's favorite uh, Twitter personality, Leo Rush. That ain't fucking happening. No. Uh, Bianca Belair and Lacey Evans, who just kind of turned heel out of nowhere recently. And I think yeah, she's the, got a bright um, future. Yeah, the Marine who's like, who survived a hurricane and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like a heel. That oh, sounds like a great idea. She's great. 
I mean, should not be a heel, but she's great. It's a weird call to make. Mm. I mean, it's sort of like, I defended my country, and aren't I pretty, and aren't I wholesome, and you should hate me. Like, and isn't huh? that everything Vince loves, by the way? <laughs> like, she's yeah, a full lo- American woman, and she's a heel? Well, I guess Vince isn't in control of NXT, so it's there you go. Yeah, and also because WWE as an entity can only create heat, so if they like someone, they make him a heel. It's true. <laughs> so I think that we can roll a couple of people out here. Sadly, nobody's going to vote for Eichner. Nobody's no. going to vote for Leo Rush. Nobody's going to vote for Bononi or Bonani. Uh, I doubt anybody's going to vote for Heavy Machinery. And even though I really like them, I don't think that the Street Profits are going to end up getting this either. Uh, I think the Street Profits might get it, actually. They're they the stand a better chance than the women, though, uh, that are newer. And uh, by the, the newer women, I mean Belair and Evans. Because uh, Sane and Baszler... Uh, well, yeah, actually, no. I mean, they, they lasted until the end of the tournament, but they're still about the same as far as new goes. Um, but I think it's between Baszler and Sane. Yeah, um, so it'll probably end up going to one of those two. For me personally, uh, Bianca Belair at that tournament really stood out to me when she's using her hair as a weapon. That's that's cool. They're going to have a lot of fun with that through the years. But yeah, no one's going to vote for Caesar, Caesar. Um, Scissors. <laughs> and nobody's going to vote for... Um, Eichner, but people might vote for Leo Rush because you know he's still got a hell of an internet following, so people might vote for him. I I have not a lot of experience with Leo Rush outside of that one match with Joey Janela where he no sells the damn package power driver off the ladder. So oh, yeah, I, stable, yeah. yeah, I already didn't like him from that, but you know I think he could come back and be a big name. For the brand. But yeah, my vote's going to go for Baszler to win it, and everybody else is just going to fade into obscurity for this one. Uh, Shayna Baszler, hands down, she's going to win this. Kyrie is probably her biggest challenger because she's very popular, but I think the impact that Shayna Baszler's had in the last couple of weeks in NXT, I think is going to carry her to the win. Yeah. She is genuinely intimidating. Like, she, she is genuinely. A scary sight to behold. Oh, I'd rather fight Eichner than fight Baszler. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd rather fuck Eichner than Baszler. <laughs> <laughs> That's not because uh, she's unattractive. I just think she'd kill. <laughs> the uh, random aside that I was just thinking when we were talking about Leo Rush, um, if he's got this aura of being a douche they need to put him on in 205 live oh yeah we're gonna get this big uh detraction of douchery now that we don't have enzo on there anymore and i don't know he could maybe fill in some of that but do they really want to embrace that he's a douche they did that with enzo and look at how it worked out for them yeah i think there's a difference though i think there's oh that guy's a prick and i don't like him or well, that guy seems like a horrible human being and everybody hates him. <laughs> now, I don't want to I don't want to take too much of a sidetrack, but with Rush, I genuinely felt bad because I'm like, this guy's younger than me. And I thought that that tweet was hilarious. Oh, me too. I laughed my <laughs> ass off on that. I was like going to retweet it after I saw all this uh, bullshit happening, but he already deleted it. Like, I, I genuinely think he's just a kid who thought it was a funny tweet because mm-hmm. I thought it was a funny tweet, you know? He's just immature at the moment. He'll learn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to break down all the matches that are in the running for match of the year because that'll take forever. But if you go to WWE.com and you click on the little part that says the year under words, you'll be able to see them. And I honestly can't remember how some of these compared to some of the other ones. But I do remember certain ones standing out just because I remember them being on my list of uh, potential matches of the year. Uh, Black versus Dream, definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that DIY was just killing it with uh, AOP and The Revival. There's, of course, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, which I think might be the standout one that people will vote for. 
I don't remember shit when it comes to like. Uh, oh my god, this list is insane. <laughs> the Roderick Strong versus Bobby Roode. I don't remember that being all that impressive. It might have been. I mean, it must have been if it's on this list. But it was good. But it's it compares nothing to any of these matches that are on this list. And the women's battle royal. I don't remember that being all that great either. I no, don't know that's... why that would even be on there. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, I actually quite like the ending of ending of that match, but it's definitely not as a quality match on there to be on that level with all the rest of them. I mean, my choice is my choice for match of the year, which was Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne. It's the best match I think I've seen um, from NXT ever in my mind. Like even beyond the Shinsuke Nakamura Sami Zayn match and some of the other matches that we've seen in the past, I think it's. It's amazing that those two have been in like had like three or four matches in WWE and all of them have been like, okay, you need to watch these guys. This is something special. And they're they're fucking young, man. Yeah, like, that's what's like scary young. about it almost. <laughs> it's what uh, Bate is twenty now and Dunn is twenty four, twenty three. Yeah, he's twenty four. Christ. Um, I'll be thirty one yeah. in a couple months. <laughs> awful I mean, hang in there Tony you still get you might get caught up one day I need my shot <laughs> you can't even jog for 10 minutes low. <laughs> I had my shot I, pa- I had to pass it up that's a real thing um, yeah looking at this list Bate versus Dunn Chicago was my match of the year period for the WWE side of the world but if anything's gonna give it a run for its money, I'm looking at Asuka and Ember Moon at Brooklyn because that match made me say holy shit quite a few times. That was a very good match. That was definitely the best uh, women's match from NXT this year. Oh, yeah. I think we can all agree at the very least that there's no way in hell McIntyre versus Amis for more games wins. Um, I don't know that why match that's gets on this list. That match gets unnecessary. Hey, I actually really like that match. I'll talk about Amis more when we get to the world title match. <laughs> <laughs> And our last for the takeover, uh, at least portion for the um, pre-show of the year-end awards goes uh, the rivalry of the year: Nakamura, Rude, Moon, Asuka, Bun, uh, Bun, Bun and Date. <laughs> yeah, Bun and Date. That's the ship name. <laughs> Date and Dunn, Sanity and Undisputed Era. Which I don't know why they capitalized Era. Do they capitalize Era? They do capitalize Era. Wow, what the hell? I never noticed that. Uh, Black and Dream. That sounds like an album. Ono and Atami and DIY and Authors of Pain, which sounds like it should be like an Etsy account or something. Uh, what, is, what is Ono and Atami doing on this list? I have oh. no idea. That was the one that I was thinking just doesn't make any sense to me because that was not a rivalry that lasted all that long. It was so like a have... two-week thing or something, wasn't it? Did they even have a match on a takeover? No, no. I don't think so. They only had no. a match on NXT. That's right. They didn't even make it to takeover. Who do you end up fighting at takeover? Um, Black. Um, Atami ended up fighting Black. Yep. Oh yeah, and um, like uh, Ono faced Sullivan most recently as well. Mm-hmm. So that just gets thrown out, and mm. I honestly don't think Nakamura Rude really deserves to be on this list either. No. Like that was the title feud, but just because it was the top of the card and other things weren't. Doesn't mean that it was necessarily good or better. Um, I'm gonna go with ah, uh, jeez, none of these are good. I'll say that right off the bat. <laughs> like Bate versus Dunn wasn't really a rivalry, more like a series of matches. So I'm gonna go with Moon and Oscar. I think I'd probably go with that one too. It's for me. It's Moon versus Oscar or uh, Black versus Dream. They're the two. That's going to be interesting to see how Hmm. people vote for these things because these aren't quite 100% popularity contests, but they kind of are. And that can be a factor. Then some people can vote purposely against what makes sense just because they would think that it'd be funny. So it might be like, let's vote for Benoni for Superstar of the Year kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's a... There's ways around a lot of these things, and everybody's got their preferences, so there's going to be some people that they just really fucking like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Almas or something like that, and 
champion them, and you know, we'll see when it comes to the pre-show. He would be so much more popular if his name was Cesar Baloney. <laughs> I don't know. I've had Baloney before, and not all that great. It's like somebody decided that they liked ham, but they also preferred hot dogs, and just tried to make a, a weird merge between the two. Kind of want a ham sandwich now, though. <laughs> I, w- I would love a ham sandwich with like some some Swiss and some mushrooms. And... <laughs> Damn. Hashtag, right. hashtag snack talk. <laughs> there really needs to be a thing. Yeah. No. Actually, when I was going to sleep last night, I was sitting there going, man, I really want to get the all talk show back up and running. And, uh, who knows? Depending on how much support you guys give for fanboys, if fanboy sticks around with this whole new monetization thing. Maybe I can dedicate more time in bringing back the all talk show as like a reward or something. But uh, you still yeah. have out on limbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the, the way that this uh, current social climate is going. I mean, I have articles that I've taken off of that site because they were like bad enough in 2013. Now, there's no <laughs> way I'm going to be able to publish uh, the article that was literally titled Pregnant Women Aren't Beautiful, They're Ugly and Fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this would be a great segue into the women's rumble because <laughs> it's going to be some yeah. controversial talk there. Yeah, the uh, the point of out on limbs was supposed to be take my opinions and take them to maybe two levels more or five levels more or 10 levels more and kind of rustle some feathers a little bit. Now I think I'd be lynched if I tried to be an asshole on purpose. And oh yeah, I don't think oh. I want to do that anymore. Oh uh, yeah, at least with all talk show, we might be talking about a lot of snacks and stuff though. But um, mm. we got some matches to talk about though. Yes. So, uh, let's start off with the one that makes no sense at all, really. Uh, that they had no build to it, and it just kind of popped up last night in the middle of nowhere, which was uh, the Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono, and the entire build of this essentially is after NXT. They had a backstage fallout type of video where Velveteen Dream was walking back and Cassiusono was like, yeah, fuck you, you lost and pushed him. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the entire build. I've seen, I, I've, seen, I've seen worse. I mean, have you been watching the women's division on Raw and SmackDown recently? <laughs> that seems like unlike Cassius to just be like, hey, hey, fuck you. You know, isn't he all about fighting spirit? Well... That kind of brings up a point that I think might happen here, and this is why I started this all talking about the Philadelphia crowd. Velveteen Dream has been very over with mm-hmm. every crowd recently. Yep. War Games was in Houston, right? Uh, yes, it was, yes. And uh, this most recent episode with Gargano and Velveteen Dream was Atlanta. Philly is 100% going to be behind Velveteen Dream here, not Cassius Ono. I think I we know. might get a he, double turn. He's over in Philly, isn't he, Cassius? He I think people long... are going to be calling him fat. <laughs> I think that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you I, think I, he's missed his window as an indie darling? That he's yeah. just a fat guy now? Yeah. I think I, if he was still Chris Hero and if he were to be tagging up with Cesaro or if he were to yes. be in the shield or something, I think people would be into him. I think now they kind of are going to just be him as like a, a loser. Plus well, Velveteen dream is like the controversial one to, to cheer for. He's the heel technically. So I think we might get a double turn at the very least. I think Velveteen dream is definitely winning this match. Either way. I'd like, the loser of this match or the or the winner. I want one of these two on the main roster in the Rumble on Sunday night. You know? Preferably Cassius, because I've been a fan longer, but I want one of them in the Rumble. I guess Velveteen Dream probably wins, because Cassius is in that role of, like, you know, the established veteran, going to put over the younger guys. But, yeah, I want him in the Rumble, and having his time on the main roster. And plus, Velveteen Dreams got an NXT title run in this year, and I think we all know that. Um, Dream needs a big win. He's he's definitely getting a lot of momentum, but he needs a big win on a takeover after losing to Black and then losing to Gargano. Admittedly, the crowd were behind him in both those matches. I mean, the dueling chance for the Gargano match, which I think was another like great NXT match, one of the best, well... 2018's only so so much old, 
but um it was a um it was a very good match. Uh yeah match I of the year say... so far. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't oh, I mean Wrestle Kingdom happened, so we won't talk about that. This, side is, of this is true. <laughs> but uh I definitely would say that Dream is the favourite to win this match. And but if they do decide to go for the double double turn, then I wouldn't be surprised if Ono wins to cement the double turn. That's where I think it could change, because if they do end up doing a double turn, Ono can win and kind of, like, kind of play up, like, being a, an asshole kind of thing. Mm. I still think it's going to be Dream. Yes, yeah, that's the same. Uh, let's see. That is the, the lowest match on the card, I think. Um, but then the other ones... There's a little bit more debate about which one would rank the second lowest. I think it's probably the NXT Tag Team Championship match. And that's uh, between the Undisputed Era going in as the champions against the Authors of Pain, who lost originally to the uh, group of Sanity. And Sanity was supposed to get their title match, their rematch, from losing the titles to the Undisputed Era, but they didn't. And that's very suspicious to me. They kind of just brushed them aside. They had like a, a match planned. They got attacked behind the scenes and within no time, they just get replaced by the authors of pain. So I, I don't know. Uh, there's, I'm going to tie this into something that I'll talk about a little bit later. I'm just going to hint at it. Now the extreme rules match is no DQ. It's extreme rules. And there's a very good chance that we get interference there. But I also think that we get interference as far as the tag team match goes. And I would not be shocked at all to see this be a no contest with the sanity. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do the triple threat that I thought they were going to do coming out of War Games. But, you know, I definitely don't see AOP winning if there's either going to be a no decision or undisputed error wins by the skin of their teeth kind of thing. I think this is um, Officer Payne's last match in NXT. I hope so. They, are, I mean, it's it's really hard to say because there's a lot of tag teams that are currently being built up on the main roster i mean you can't really move them on smackdown when you've got the bludgeon brothers trying to move up even though they haven't really been on tv for the last couple of weeks um so if they did were to come up you'd have to slot them in on raw but you've also got like war machine just signed as well so whether they're going to nxt or they're coming up to the main roster you never know and you can't really have like four monster tag teams in the same roster because it's just not going to work you can't push all of them at the same time uh but i see the undisputed era winning this match outright whether it is to do to interference or anything along those lines i think bobby fish and carla riley will get the victory and then they'll continue the feud with sanity leading into new orleans well i could see this being a scenario where the authors of pain win the match but they don't win the titles and if sanity interferes and they just kind of maybe hit the author's opinion first just because it's like they're in the way or something like that. And then we kind of rule that as like, that's a DQ and author's opinion go out with a win, but they don't win those titles. And then that brings back undisputed error versus sanity. There's kind of a way to get around it like that a little bit. And then it becomes what happens with authors, authors of pain on the main roster. Cause do they go to raw? Do they go to SmackDown? There's clearly nothing left for them to do in NXT. Hmm. Certainly a possibility like that. I just think you've got to try the way they do things in NXT is they try and cement the people that are staying as opposed to people that are leaving. So I think there's always a possibility they'll put um, like the undisputed errors, like just put them over the office pain because they don't got really nothing to lose by just going out. Hmm. That's what I think anyway. They'd like to protect those people. Uh. Let's see. What we should talk about next. Now, you know what? Let's talk about the uh, the Extreme Rules match because we mm -hmm. kind of already hinted at some of that kind of stuff. But that is uh, Adam Cole versus Aleister Black. And uh, Mr. Black on this, I think, mm -hmm. could potentially lose if there is some kind of uh, interference. But I, I kind of hope so at this point. I mean, that's not, nothing against Aleister Black because I think he's been a fantastic addition to NXT. But Cole needs a win. Cole is... Des in desperate need of getting a singles victory that actually means something. I mean, he won his first his debut match against Derek Young in NXT, and then he obviously they won the War Games match, but that was as part of the trio. 
he hasn't really done anything as on his own as of yet. Like he's already lost to Alistair Black. He's already lost NXT Championship opportunities against Drew McIntyre. So he needs like a big win on a takeover to make him set right. This is a guy who's going to be a player in NXT and could potentially win the title. Because at the moment he just feels like, like, not not empty entirely, but he just feels like someone who's a big a big fish in a small pond that has very little direction. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think Cole's winning because I think Cole's winning the title at New Orleans, but I think you know it's going to be through some sh- type of chicanery, so Black doesn't have to lose per se, you know. But yeah, I see Cole versus Gargano in New Orleans. So whatever means they have to get there with, maybe we'll see Undisputed Era attack Black. Maybe Black goes and gets, I don't know, Hero or Ricochet as one of his partners. But um, we'll see. I definitely think that's my match of the night right there. I yeah, I think it's matching into the night, uh, but I also think that there's there's two different avenues we can go down. Uh and this is kind of where the interference comes in. Adam Cole wins, I think, if only the other two members of the Undisputed Era pop up and that they make it a three on one for Aleister Black. But I also think that since Sanity didn't get their rightful tag team title shot and if the Undisputed Era beats the Authors of Pain, they're going to be kind of boasting everything. I think that we could see uh, O'Reilly and Fish start to make it three on one with Black and then Sanity comes in and they help out Aleister Black. And then at that point it becomes Aleister Black and the three members of Sanity Four, if Nikki Cross is out there too. It's five on three or four on three. And at that point, Aleister Black wins. And a good indicator of whether or not that's going to be the case is going to be what they might have in store for the actual championship match, uh, the NXT championship match. And um, with that, uh, th- that's going to be the main event. We know that. So we can't like say, like, well, that'll depend on whatever and that kind of thing. But... Uh, I will talk about my theory about that one in a few minutes, but I think that we might be needing Aleister Black more so than Adam Cole winning this match. But if it is the first time that Aleister Black loses just outright, other than that fatal four-way, I think it's happening out of Undisputed Era. I think that they they interfere, they cost him that, and it kind of keeps him still looking a little bit strong. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, Cole is the biggest get of 2017 for the brand and i think that they've kind of just disregarded him a little bit like the fact that almas is champion and adam cole is nowhere near the title picture right now is a little sore spot for me so he needs this win because he already lost clean on nxt so give it to him here and let him go and go on to the world title at WrestleMania weekend. We're going to put a pin on that right now because we're going to talk about the Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler, NXT Women's Championship match because I don't think that that's going to be the main event. Um, It shouldn't be. But I do think we're going to get a title change here. So excited for this match. Which sucks because that really cements Ember Moon's position as like the Bailey almost. Like Bailey fought so hard for the NXT Women's title, and then she just lost... She ran into Asuka, and that was it. You know what I mean? And I feel like Amber Moon is the same thing. She just won the damn thing. And here comes Shayna Baszler. Mm -hmm. And what's worse is I think Shayna Baszler's got to run through her. You know what I mean? I don't even think it can be, like, a close match. I think Shayna's got to really put her to sleep real quick. Well, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. You can't make an option here where everybody comes out okay. Because if you do Ember Moon and beating Shayna Baszler, that kind of hurts Shayna Baszler going forward. And it actually kind of even hurts, by proxy, anything that they want to do with the four horsewomen at WrestleMania. If Ronda Rousey ends up winning anything, or, you know, and we'll get down oh, to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you almost have to kind of give Baszler the win. But if you do that, it does make Moon look kind of bad. 
And if you do some kind of no contest, then everybody just kind of goes, ah, what the fuck? You did this because you knew that you backed yourself into a corner. So it's you either you take the hit yourself for bad booking or you screw one of the two women who both could use a good solid victory. Unfortunately, I think Ember has already become accustomed to losing. So beating her here won't hurt as much. However, if they beat her here, then they just need to move her to Raw or SmackDown. Like, because that would, there's nothing else for her to do at NXT. Yeah, I mean, at that point, she's already been the champion. She's not going to beat Shayna Baszler right afterward. So it would be, you keep her around, and what are they going to do? They're going to have a, a rematch at New Orleans, and Baszler wins again? There's no point in that, you know? Which, I do but think it, we're but getting it's probably what they'll do, unfortunately. Um, am I, do I feel sorry for Emma Moon that she's going to have a very short title reign? A little bit, but I don't think you can really put the brakes on someone with so much star potential as Shayna Baszler. She's just so different than any other woman on either roster. She's completely not cook, cookie cutter. She's not like... Either, like she's not about the glitz and the glamour and like flashy moves or like big personality. She's just intense all the time. And they have something with her that's could be really special if they go about it the right way. And the right way is that she takes 80% of this match, destroys Ember Moon. I don't think Ember should go straight up to NXT, no, to the main roster afterwards, because I think there is potential for a rematch going into a WrestleMania weekend. We have like the comeback story, but whether she actually was to take the title back from Baszler or not, depends on what they want to do with both of them going forward. But I think Baszler's too big of a, just has too much of a potential and aura around her that they can't sacrifice it just to keep Moon's title reign going a little bit longer. You know, but if you keep her on NXT, you really do run into the Bailey conundrum where it's like Bailey missed the initial draft because they kept her on NXT for the rematch with Asuka, which she was gonna lose anyway. So Yeah, but you know. if you if you move move Moon up into the main roster, I mean what's she going to do? She's not gonna fight for one of the titles at WrestleMania. And if she does, she's going to be involved in like a a six pack challenge or something like that. So do you want her to stay in NXT where she gets a one on one feud with Shayna Baszler going into the title? So one of the big title matches or she just becomes another player in on Raw or SmackDown? I think the problem in both scenarios you just presented is either way you're running into an inevitable situation. She's inevitably going to be just another woman on the roster and she's inevitably just going to get squashed by Baszler again. So maybe try to carve out a niche on the roster and, you know, get her going before WrestleMania. Here's where I think you can get around it. Uh, It sucks. Initially Ember Moon drops that title, but she, she kind of has to sort of. And over the next, two months uh february tapings are going to be february 1st i think and um we're going to have a good indicator of where they're going of course right at takeover anyway yeah but i think that with february and march you don't have too much that you need to focus on all that crazy but there's enough of a window that i think that we can get Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler, and one or two other people and have either a triple threat or a fatal four-way at New Orleans. And one of the people that should be involved in that, if she's able to, is Kyrie Sane. Mm. Maybe another one being Lacey Evans, if they give her enough of a push. Or I'd say, yeah, I'd say maybe the... you do Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler, and the iconic duo, if they haven't gotten up to the main roster at this point, because the women's Royal rumble, we have to take that into account too. People are going to be coming up from NXT in some fashion with that, but not 14 people. So that's like, you can only pick a couple people. And then you've got Candice LeRae. She could end up getting into the mix very early on. As soon as she comes into the company. And I think that they can book a triple threat or a fatal four way. So that way Ember moon loses the rematch but doesn't have to just lose another straight up match. Yeah. And then post WrestleMania, Ember Moon comes up. She goes right to SmackDown or Raw, probably SmackDown, I'm assuming. And 
I mean, we'll kind of get into this a little bit later on. Maybe she feuds with Ronda Rousey, but uh, I, I think that that's kind of how they need to go about doing this. I think we need that title change here, and it sucks for Ember Moon, but she'll bounce back. You know, I think Shayna might have even been better served just jumping right to one of the bigger two brands. But yeah, the iconic duo aren't on the main roster after this weekend. I don't know what to say. So I think it'll be a triple threat with Kyrie at New Orleans and just try to move forward there. And uh, that brings us to the last match that we're going to talk about here, which is the NXT championship match between Andrade, Cien Almas, and Johnny Gargano. And I'm just going to skip right to my uh, my whole piece about this whole thing. Tomasa Ciampa is coming back and he's costing it Gargano. Um, yeah, that seems like the writing on the wall. That seems like the way to go. I think Gargano wins it. I, ah, God, does anyone want to go first before I just totally take a shit all over Andrade? (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll start quickly by saying Andrade is amazing and he's the greatest superstar of all time. Just to, (laughs) no, um, I think, I think Gargano is winning this. Because to my mind, there's no there's no serious indication that uh, Chump is even healthy yet. So I don't want to posit a lot of things in there. I think they gave the title, almost gave the title to Almas in in a way to like reward him for his like changing character and attitude, especially with Selena Vega now in, in his corner. But um, I think they're giving it to Gargano so he can feud with Chumpa going into the next event. But I think that should be a championship match at the event rather than just a, a rivalry match. Um, Almas, I think, could potentially be debuting in the Royal Rumble. It depends on the situation. I think he's he's definitely in a position where he could move up now. I think he's had enough time in NXT. He's held the championship now, so that gives him instant credibility. And, um, yeah, I just don't think the jump is going to cost Gargano yet, but I think he'll be back soon. I just don't think he's healthy yet. But that's just at least my prediction um okay andrade almost i have to believe winning was an on-the-spot call because they realized drew was legitimately hurt i do not believe that there was any intention of putting the belt on andrade at war games um we have a smart out moment group chat on facebook and i said Oh, my God. And immediately, the two female contributors, Jordan and Gabby, Zelina is champion. I asked <laughs> I asked somebody about Andrade through text message the other day. They said, I have no idea who that is, but I know Zelina. Uh, this guy, unfortunately, is kind of like her vehicle. Nobody even cares about him. It's all about Zelina. And that's not to say that he's not good. I like his stuff. It's just that, my God, he doesn't need to be champion. And his whole thing proves what I'm feeling, that NXT's world title scene is just diminishing and diminishing, and Gargano needs this belt to reestablish, like, hype and credibility. And, yeah, if Gargano doesn't win, I don't know what to say. Here's where I'm going to throw some knots into this rope. Almas, I think, was planned to beat McIntyre. And I think that the plan, if McIntyre wouldn't have been injured, would have been to have their rematch here. And that's why they went with that whole fatal four-way to figure out who would end up challenging. Because they didn't set up anything ahead of time of who else could really fight Almas, like the next feud kind of thing. I think we would have had Almas retain the title against McIntyre because I think that their plan... And the only thing that makes this a possibility that to change, I think, is 205 Live situation. I think what we're getting here is we're going to go Almas retaining over Gargano because of Ciampa. And they're going to tie that into Zelina Vega being the one that's smart enough to bring Ciampa back to cause like some kind of distraction or something like that. And then we're going to get Gar- uh, Gargano and Ciampa, but we're going to get that without the title at uh, New Orleans. That's going to be like a grudge match. Just like the selling point, the thing that everybody wants, possibly even the main event, but not for the title. 
Almas will end up fighting Aleister Black then, and Black will end up winning the title at New uh, Orleans. Yeah, that could happen. I could see that. People do I, like Aleister Black. The only I, other option, I think, actually, and this is a real stretch. I, I don't think that there you should place any bets when it comes to it. But maybe if we do get that whole double turn, and if Aleister Black comes up to 205 Live to kind of take a little bit uh, of that momentum and bring it back to 205 Live, it might be Andrade San Almas against the Velveteen Dream at New Orleans. But what, I, what an interesting match. I, I think that that would be kind of fun to do. And um, then it's so exciting with all these possibilities and we're not just like <laughs> so sure who's going to be winning the most important matches. Let me tell you something. I have no idea who's winning that Royal Rumble, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the, the most fundamental source, it's either Almas wins or Gargano wins. Like, obviously it's one of those two or neither wins and it's a draw, which means that Almas wins essentially. So it's really more so, do they want Ciampa Gargano to be for the title, or do they want Almas to fight somebody else, knowing that they can do Gargano Ciampa without the title, too? Because I don't think it needs the championship at this point. I think people are still going to be like, you know, like uh, if we get Cena Undertaker, we don't need the title for that. Uh, yeah. Gargano and Ciampa isn't Cena Undertaker, but you know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's the Cena Undertaker of the NXT division right now. It's the one match that everybody knows that we need. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it's not it's not a match that doesn't need the title, but I think the title could benefit off of it. Yeah, that's you true. Should, you should have the hot, the hottest feud in your company should be the one that's usually going for the title. I'm not saying that has to be 100% of the time, but in a situation like this, it would be pretty amazing if Gargano was to win the title and then in his first defense, he loses it to the guy that essentially like left him in a completely crestfallen state. So... I think that sounds quite good as well, but it could work either way. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy either way. I'm looking forward to this match immensely. I think this will be the match of the night. One thing I really want is send Zelina to the back, do something, make Andrade have to do this one on his own, just so that you don't have the comments that I was referring to, where it's like, it's all about Zelina, and nobody really cares who this guy is, but he's champion. <laughs> well, that itself could even be something that happens. We could get, like... Amos and Gargano are out there and Zelina Vega is causing some kind of distraction and the referee's like, no, 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 you got to get out of here. And then everybody goes, oh shit, this means that Gargano is going to win because now she's not going to cause any kind of interference or whatever. And then Ciampa pops up and mm. people are like, son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I It'll think it means more if uh, Gargano gets screwed than if he wins and then Ciampa attacks him. Because it'll, you know, the crowd will eat up Gargano's win, but they'll also be so furious with Amis if he doesn't win. Mm. Um, one thing I'm going to say before we wrap up here, aren't we glad that we don't have like somebody like a Russo booking NXT? We would definitely have a uh, Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono in a Liberty Bell on a pole match. You know? like <laughs> uh, No, if, if, if Russo is booking, then Zelina Vega would win the title in this match. Uh, and you know what? And Gabby and Jordan would be grateful. For that. <laughs> so I'm going Almas, but you guys are both going Gargano? Yeah. Yeah. You've almost swayed me, but I'm I'm just looking forward to the match now. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably gonna change my opinion on that like ten times over before the actual match happens, but <laughs> I'm excited either way. Well, those are our predictions for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. As always, everybody, check out the live coverage on smartoutmoment.com and stay tuned for the post show that'll be coming up. After that event, we'll, we'll be obviously breaking down what our thoughts are of what happened instead of just our predictions and stuff. But I want to know what your predictions are, so drop them in the comments below and tell us what you think is going to happen for all these matches and for the NXT year-end awards. But don't uh, just click out of everything too much yet. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, you're going to have to click on another separate thing as well from the normal kind of thing on YouTube as well. You're going to do that. Because coming up next is going to be our predictions for the 2018 Royal Rumble. So stay tuned for that, everybody. That's coming up next, and we will see you there.